The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live here in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, D-Day, I I guess that's what you want to call it, has um, struck here in Atlanta. Um, Obviously, we had the All-Star break. We had that loss to the Knicks on Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday, and it was a bad loss to the Knicks. Uh, ended up tying the season series there, and two bad losses after losing to Charlotte and New York, and the Hawks kind of let things simmer over All-Star break, and now the news broke today, earlier, that Nate McMillan has been relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, and with such big news as this, I could not do this by myself. Um, A lot of emotions, not emotions, a lot of opinions, thoughts, about what took place today. So I had to bring in friend of the program, one of your favorites, the well-versed, well, well-traveled, knowledgeable. Yeah, because you just came back from the West Coast. Knowledgeable, opinionated. David Bracey is back on the program. David, reporting all the way from St. Louis, how are you doing this evening, man? Brad, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, doing well, yeah. Well rested uh, after a lot of travel. Got to see some NBA up close, which is the best way to see it. You did. Um, I forgot about yeah, that. I mean, I couldn't. I did. I did. But I couldn't leave you hanging. You know, this is a this is a pretty big deal. And I mean, I, this is this is your beat. So you know, I'm gonna let you unpack it for the people. But this is something that you and I have kind of been talking about offline. So um, it's interesting to see what actually happened and. I'm curious to kind of see where they go from here. So, yeah. Yeah, everyone is curious. Um, Hawks fans are celebrating like the Falcons won the Super Bowl uh, with Nate McMillan being gone. And I, as you guys know, I'm objective. I am not celebrating like everyone else. Uh, This was a move that, and I'm sure David can agree, that we kind of foresaw happening um, probably at the end of the season after they evaluated things. But not something that happened at this time, which um, I did did do some digging and um, from some sources of mine, I did get some more context as to what led to Nate being fired. It may not be the reasons that fans have for Nate McMillan being fired, Um, but David, just want to get your just your thoughts before I dive a little bit deeper as to the timing and the justification of relieving Nate McMillan of his duties here in Atlanta? I mean, I guess I'll address the latter part of your question first. As far as the justification goes, um, you know, I have a lot of opinions about about Atlanta's past couple seasons and kind of the direction of their franchise. But, I mean, you know, you can make the argument that Nate McMillan was too old school. You know, you can make the argument that they haven't won the games that they needed to, that they weren't in a position to, you know, necessarily make a significant impact in the postseason with the current standing that they, that they find themselves in, um, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you can make a bunch of excuses as to why Nate McMillan should have gotten fired. 
the reality of it is that for any franchise to remove their head coach for whatever reason during the season, that is always a very fraught um, situation to undertake. And to do so after the all-star break, after the trade deadline, where you're bringing in a new voice in some ways, in a lot of ways, it's going to be a very similar voice because with such an immediate, you know, dismissal as, as they called it, um, you know, they're going to rely on, on voices that they already have in the locker room in the organization until they find, you know, uh, you know, a new leader for, for this, for this roster um, in terms of the coach. And it's, it's just it's just going to be really difficult. I mean, you know, everybody's got to adjust to this new person, the new direction of the franchise, knowing that, you know, this is a temporary situation. Um, they've already had a lot of turmoil with personalities throughout the season. Um, they're not necessarily in playoff position. So uh, in my opinion, typically moves like this tend to push teams that are on the outside looking in further to the outside and closer to the, the winner's circle, if you will. Uh so I think, unfortunately for Atlanta, this is this is a uh, I think this is a nail in the coffin situation for this season, at least. Um, but with that being said, to kind of potentially be looking at this season being for nothing in, in a lot of ways in terms of you know playoff berth, um, it's just not it's not great. Um, and if I was a fan of the Hawks right now, you know, I definitely would be a little on edge. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very curious to see who they end up bringing in. Uh, but my immediate reaction is not, it's not, it's not good. It's just not good in my opinion. I agree with you there. I mean, a lot of people think that this was the move that was needed. They think that, Oh, uh, if Nate's gone, the office is going to be better, which office has not really been the problem um, outside of this year, adding a new piece and uh, dealing with a more turbulent um, locker room. Um, that's the best way to put it. Because um, the, the issue on his team has been defense. I mean, they've gotten a little bit better this year uh, with the ad addition of some players, but still defense haunts them, especially in that 144-point spot that you gave the Charlotte Hornets last week, which is just inexcusable still. Uh, you can complain about Neyman Mellon's rotations. I mean, uh, Joe Prunty will be the interim head coach. Uh, and some people think, oh, since they fired Neyman Mellon, they know who they're going to replace him with. That is not the case. That's not the reasoning behind letting him go. Uh, but Joe Prunty may use a little bit more Jalen Johnson, which fans are you know clamoring for. Uh, which is nice. I, I would like to see Jalen Johnson more. Uh, but are there going to be any real changes in the offense? People think that the pick and roll was Nate's offense when in hindsight, and I continue to say this, and people um, think I'm crazy or call me other names, but the pick and roll is not primarily Nate McMillan's offense. I mean, he, it's been a staple for him, but – Joe Prunty is the offensive coordinator, and the pick and roll is being opted out by those who are ball handling, uh, have the ball handling duties for the Atlanta Hawks, um, if 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 I may say. So what changes will come? And you said, I mean, the timing of everything, it wasn't really the right time. It wasn't the right time for this. 
I mean, you now have just under 30 games of that left of the season. The Hawks are tied for the second hardest schedule left with the average winning percentage of their opponents at 523. And you're at the eighth seed trying to push higher, which is looking bleaker and bleaker after losing to New York. And New York is gaining uh, or putting some distance between them and the Hawks at this point. Uh, so it, it is a head scratcher. And a lot of people are trying to speculate why he was let go. And from, you know, digging through my sources, it was told to me that a big proponent of, you know, besides obviously, you know, being 17 and 19 going into the 2023 calendar year. I mean, you have had some people out in and out of the lineup this year. I mean, notably Capella, uh, Collins did miss some time. Trey Young has missed some time. Uh, Bogey to start the year. So still not a healthy Hawks roster. But so some some of it is not fair criticism, name and bill. Uh, some X's and O's, lack of adjustments. Uh, maybe he, I don't think he lost the locker room. Um, I think that there are other, other factors at play. But a big factor at play is essentially... Over the All-Star break, after two bad losses to Charlotte, New York, um, Trey Young did amplify his concerns about Naaman Millen being the coach after those two losses. Uh, that That's what's told for me from a few sources. And he expressed his opinions once more to the front office and management that he'd rather not have Naaman Millen as the coach. And now we're at the result that we're we're at today. Um, so, David, I'm, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on Trey's uh, politicking for Naaman Millen to be removed um, as the head coach for the Hawks. Yeah, um, I would just use one word. I guess you know, just generally unsurprised would be the word. Uh, unsurprised, just. I mean, we we've heard, you know, on and off the court, all of the turmoil that has been going on behind the scenes um, with Trey Young and, and Nate McMillan, and it's not so much that they have gotten into any kind of verbal altercation, physical altercation, anything like that. I can't speak to anything like that. I don't think that's the case. It's just two immovable forces essentially um colliding with one another one immovable force which is not so immovable anymore being the head coach of an nba franchise and the other force being that franchise's superstar um this tends to be the way that this goes uh when the superstar becomes dissatisfied uncertain unhappy just any kind of general anxiety that the superstar feels towards that coaching staff, um, they're going to be the first to go. It's one thing when the the star feels that way about an owner, uh, you know, about a general manager, about a president of basketball operations, because they carry a little bit more cachet. Uh, unfortunately for a lot of head coaches in the NBA, they are usually the first to fall on their sword whenever a team does not perform to the expectation of that fan base or said ownership group. Uh, 
So I'm, I'm, I'm generally not surprised this happened to Nate McMillan. I think it's unfortunate. Uh, like you said, Brad, he's a good coach. Um, he, you know, you couldn't really ask for him to do more offensively than what he's been able to do with that team. Uh, their defensive limitations uh, really all center around the superstar. So, again, there's just some fixes that, you know, are possible and others that you just kind of have to learn to live with. Um, so for Atlanta, that's a decision that they're, you know, I'm sure going to have to come to terms with here very soon uh, because the rubber's going to meet the road eventually. And ultimately, regardless of who the coach is, as long as Trey Young is wearing an Atlanta Hawks uniform, it's going to be his responsibility to bring a championship to that team. And if he's unable to deliver on that, it, you know, I mean, what does that say about, about the franchise that, you know, has chosen to, hitch their wagon you know to the star i i i don't know i think a lot of things but I, i'm i'm unsurprised that this happened to Nate mcmillan um because we we live in the age the modern nba is, is the age of the superstar and what they say goes where they want to go they often go oh and who they want to go is usually the first to be out of there so yeah and i want to get your take on this too um, like I said, um, maybe a new direction was needed as far as the head coach position in Nate McMillan. Uh, certainly it was never going to work out between him and Trey. Uh, the relationship had gotten sour to the point where, I mean, and I hear some things that I can't report as far as what's transpiring behind the scenes between the two and how it's translated on the court. Um, but like I said, Nate had his own doing in him getting fired um, with his limitations and um, some outdated practices. And like I said, some game management type issues. But the fact remains, and I want to get your opinion on this, um, and we're going to talk about this and then go to a break soon. Everyone was hope clamoring for Nate McMillan to be gone. And the wish was granted. Um, to said star and into the fan base and so forth. But what's glossed over today is that this is now the second coach in three years that's been fired that has been directly or indirectly linked to a disagreement between Trey Young and the previous now former head coaches of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so the fact remains, I I have said on Twitter that, and I've I've gotten attacked for it, and and I don't I don't mind taking that. That I think Trey Young deserves a little bit more blame in all this. How do you feel necessarily uh, as far as about Trey Young's legacy? Now that you this is the second coach that's left in three years um, here in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, in terms of legacy, I mean. It might sound crazy to say this because it's not, you know, I mean, Trey's been in the league for a little bit now, but um, in terms of the legacy, you know, he, he, he is writing his story and unfortunately he is, he's chosen to play the role of the villain, it seems, for the early part of his career. Um, because, yeah, Brad, I mean, you, you are completely right. Like, this is now the second head coach that has been removed from the franchise that you could tie directly to the superstars to satisfaction with. Um, other franchises notice this. Other ownership group notice this. Other coaching staffs notice this. Other players notice this. 
Um, you know, so this is not a world where Trey Young can just move with ambiguity while also removing the heads of these coaching staff. I mean, that that those those two things cannot coexist. And, you know, there's an old saying, winning means never having to say you're sorry. If they win, this is all for something. This all makes sense. If they don't win, if they don't make playoffs, if they don't advance next season into the postseason, if they come out flat, if him and the head coach disagree again, if any of these, what are now likelihoods, unfortunately, happen, what will be the next move for Trey Young? Um, because we've seen how quickly NBA franchises can sour on guys who seem to be erratic fits. Um, look at the Kyrie situation. Very different, but also very similar. Um, this is a guy who is looking for that max salary. He's got the talent, but there's a question of fit. There's a question of personality. There's a question of availability. All of these are now questions that one could also turn and point at Trey Young. And, and Kyrie has a championship. That is a problem. Correct. And that is what I mean. That is a problem. Winning means never having to say you're sorry. Well, Kyrie needed to say he was sorry. He has. We've moved on from that. But Kyrie's also a champion. Trey Young went to one conference finals and far from a good showing. I mean, far from it. I mean, his biggest, his biggest moment in the postseason has been giving his bow in Madison Square Garden. You know, and like for as awesome as MSG is for NBA moments, um, I mean, you're, you're going to need more than that. You're going to need more than that. And he had his moments in the Buck series too uh, with the outburst uh, of points, especially in that game one. Uh, ankle injury. Ooh, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that the guy can't play. You know, he, he is absolutely capable of Hollywood big time moments. It's It's the issue of him being the light that leads the way for his team. And it seems that when the spotlight is not on him, that becomes an issue. And then he turns that light and burns what is going on around him. It is just, I, I, I do not understand. I, I do not understand the temperament of a player so young in his career when it comes to coaches, but also he's in a very unique situation because a lot of guys do not have the level of cachet that he does. I mean, Atlanta is not a basketball market like that for them to have a player like that. I mean, they swapped him for Luca. Like that was a big deal. They, they have invested a lot into this guy. So I see it, you know, I, I hundred percent understand like, but at the end of the day, like I said, when the rubber meets the road, it gets to a certain point where you, you either got to cut bait or you got to sink with the ship. So we'll see what Atlanta does over these next couple seasons with Murray approaching free agency in 24, with Collins and every trade rumor perpetually, uh, you know, with them not having a true head coach right now. There's a, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot and, of question marks. And hopefully and, they figure out. And, and, you, know, you have to extend Okongu. Um, Hunter, just, his, his contract will take effect soon. Uh, so there's a lot of questions, uh, definitely. Um, I'm going to get your take on Murray here in a bit, and as well as some people who are in, 
candidates for the Hawks job. Uh, but first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. We left off and we mentioned, you know, the the, the pieces to come as far as the things to come for the Hawks and one thing you alluded to is that Murray is going to be an unrestricted free agent, not this summer, but the next. And it was reported from, you know, the sources I vetted that Murray had a really good relationship with Nate McMillan. And maybe it's because there's, you know, parallelisms between him and Pop. I mean, obviously Pop won championships, so you can't put Nate and Pop in the same conversation. But maybe demeanor and how they coach and so forth, maybe there's some similarities there. Um Definitely not offensively, but but some similarities there. But I am going to go on record and say, with them letting go of Nate McMillan, the, the turmoil here in Atlanta, I don't think firing Nate McMillan does well for the Hawks' prospects of keeping him long-term. That is of my opinion. What is your thoughts on that, David? Yeah, I I would, I would agree with that. I mean, sim- simply put, you know, if, if the coach liked Murray and we know that Trey Young didn't necessarily like the coach, uh, I don't really know what that means for the relationship between those two players. Um, but it seems clear that only one of them is really focused on being the superstar um, and take that for what you will. Um, but I think that, that that is going to ultimately again be be an issue that Atlanta is going to have to figure out um because Murray I mean Murray would be he would have his choice of teams if he oh, wanted to unrestricted free agency 100 percent. he he has been I don't think he's been appreciated as enough as he should be um here in Atlanta uh, in this year and certainly it's been an adjustment period of you know figuring out carving out your space on this team with alongside Trey and having to take on even more of a leadership role uh, than probably he anticipated here in Atlanta with all the turmoil, especially now. Uh, I mean, Joe Prunty is going to be your own coach. Um, I like Joe Prunty. 
Um, he's going to have his work cut off. I mean, first game is against Cleveland on Friday, and you know how good of a defensive team they are. And Joe Prunty's more of an offensive coach, which, again, offense is not the problem. Defense is. So they're going to have the work cut out for them. But Murray definitely bit off more than he could chew as far as uh, – now he didn't, he didn't necessarily – I mean, he didn't sign up for this. And now you have Naaman Millen out the door, and now the Hawks have a few candidates. Uh, they're beginning the coaching search now. Um, as Joe Prunty is the interim, um, there's names that Woj and Sham have thrown out there, like uh, Charles Lee from the Bucks, assistant coach, uh, Kings assistant uh, Jordy Fernandez, a Warriors uh, Warriors uh, assistant associate coach. I think it's associate coach Kenny Atkinson is his proper title. Uh, Spurs assistant coach Mitch Johnson, G League. Uh, South Bay Warriors coach Miles Simon and then Quinn Snyder have all been people who have been thrown out there as people who are the Hawks are interested in. And fans have thrown out M.A. Udoka, and I think he could be a good fit here, but the PR aspect of it, I'm not really sure. I think Charles Lee would be a good fit here, my personal favorite. Uh, be interested to see Kenny maybe. Uh, I know Quinn Snyder is a lot of people's favorites. I don't think that with the requirements as far as accountability, great offense, great defense, I don't know if Quinn Snyder fits that mold. Udoka does, and certainly with Charles Lee, uh, who did coach here in Atlanta under Bud, um, is now with the Bucks, and Bucks have always been a really good offensive and defensive team um, in these last several years, um, being the perennial powers in the Eastern well, the powers in the Eastern Conference, obviously winning a championship not too long ago. Who would be your choice of coach? Um, and the big key is obviously managing a superstar in Trey Young, which two coaches have failed at already. Uh, so is there a coach listed here or another that I have not mentioned or is not mentioned by Wolves and Shams that you would consider, David? You know, from that list, um, it does seem like Charles Lee would be a strong candidate. Uh, the Quinn Snyder smoke, I don't necessarily buy for the exact same reasons that you said, Brad. Also, I think Quinn Snyder had all the stress he could handle in Utah. I do not think he's looking for the stress that would be required to coach in Atlanta right now. Um, really, the only guy that you mentioned that comes to mind when when we're talking about you know dealing with superstar talents and managing personalities is a guy like Adoka, and that's why it's just such you know a shame that all the off-court stuff has really complicated his ability to be in the league because i do think he's a very talented head coach um but the other names like kenny atkinson like didn't we see the kenny atkinson show get ran out of town by Kyrie Irving? okay like i don't think kenny atkinson wants to be the head coach of another erratic superstar um i think he's in a pretty sweet spot in golden state so I think it's going to take something significant for him to walk away from that. Uh, I think if Kenny goes anywhere, it would be him stepping up to be head coach if Kerr were to retire. Um, mm. But that's for another pod, another day. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see who Atlanta ends up bringing in. Uh, I'm going to be very curious. But what we do know is this. Um, you know, if, if the rumors are true, and take them for face value, you know, but if the rumors are true, and there's been rumors all year, um, Trey has a lot of weight, you know, his opinion matters. So I would be curious to know who he would like. And I'm sure as soon as they're back, 
at the first presser, he's going to get asked. So I'm very curious to see his response, and I will definitely be tuned in for that. And I will be tuned in as well because at, at the end of the day, uh, from the, the sources that you know I, I vetted, Trey Young, you know, expressed his concerns about Nate McMillan being head coach, and you got your wish. Fans, you have your wish. Um, a lot of fans are saying crazy things like Eastern Conference Finals run now. I don't think that's possible. I don't. Um, I think we're closer to the Wimby sweepstakes than we are holding a Larry O'Brien at the end of the year. Uh, that's the reality of where we're at. And, I mean, like I said, great good news are still in the play-in spot. Um, they have an opportunity to get to the playoffs. But certainly... This was a move I thought it was going to happen in the offseason. Now that you we've got it earlier than anticipated, this is on Trey Young. You got your wish. Make good of your wish. Make good of your wish. Um, fans, you got your wish. Sit back and watch what transpires. If they do better, that's good. That's good. I'm not sitting here rooting for the Hawks to fail, uh, but I have to be objective too. And as much as you know, Nate had his flaws. I can't I can't celebrate firing a coach in the middle of the season when you're in a play-in spot and you still have a lot to play for, regardless of internal relationships. Um, so that is what it is. Um, but we are about out of time here on the podcast. I want to thank David for coming on the show. Uh, David, let them know what you got going on and how they can uh, connect with you. Yeah, Brad, thanks as always for having me on. Always a great time to chat with you and definitely love doing reaction pop. So keep my eyes peeled for any new news coming out of Atlanta. But right now, man, just cooking up NBA, watching all these games, ready for to get back in action after this all-star break. It was absolute misery to go 72 hours without basketball. Yes. Uh, 72 plus, because I don't know what the hell that was on Sunday. That was not. I'm with Jalen Brown. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but that was not basketball. Mike Malone was telling the truth. So and that's the only Malone I rock with, just for the record, not the other one. Um, but again, that's 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 for another podcast. Um, but no, Brad, it was an absolute pleasure being on, man. I appreciate it. And definitely, if this is your first time ever listening to this podcast, then you were really in for a treat because Brad was dropping some serious news. He's got some great sources. So continue to tune in. And for those of you who've been listening, I'm not telling you anything new. So go ahead, Brad. Tell them what you do. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a great review. Share it. Tell everybody about one of the best sources for Atlanta Hawks coverage and content out there on the market. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, the drill share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. Does not matter. Shout out, Alan. Just want to throw that out there. But refer them to the podcast. Put them on our Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And then follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67 on Twitter. Like I said, I had to had to tell the truth. This was Tell the Truth Tuesday. And we had to give you the real. We had to had to give you what was reported to me. So that you have all the information and all the facts. As far as what transpired today with Nate McMillan and the Atlanta Hawks. And it is 
further clarification of the turmoil and the lack of direction that as that is the Atlanta Hawks franchise right now. And doesn't mean it it can't get better. It just means that there is some soul searching that needs to be done. And one piece has been removed from the fabric of this franchise, but there's other pieces that may need to be moved or reevaluated. So we'll see what will transpire. I will have a pod previewing the Cavaliers game later this week, as it will be very, very important. Every game down the stretch will be important, but very important to get off to a good start under the Prunty interim era uh, with hopes to try to make noise. And we'll see how they respond to this change. But we will catch you guys next time. And as always, let's go Hawks.